Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. The brutality of the military dictatorships in Myanmar and Thailand have continued with further arrests, use of water cannon and live ammunition in the streets. An international solidarity campaign has started against the militarisation of these two countries, with activists from Australia, Malaysia, New Zealand, Japan, South Korea, Thailand, Indonesia, Finland and Germany. The International Solidarity Campaign hosted a public meeting with speakers from right across the region to talk about what is happening in Thailand and Myanmar. And on today's program of Accent of Women, we bring you two of those speeches. To start off with, we hear from one of the leaders of the youth uprising in Thailand. An LGBTIQ activist named Wadao talks about what students and activists are facing every day on the streets, including the current hunger strike by political prisoners. Thank you, Kapilek Janya. Good afternoon, everyone. สวัสดีค่ะคนที่อยู่ในประเทศไทยนะคะขออนุญาตพูดภาษาไทย Good afternoon, everyone. I just uh, circulating uh, through the jail uh, for Penguin, uh, Fa and Rung, our friends activists who hunger uh, uh, strike after uh, they got the jail. Uh, until now, uh, Penguin or Parit Shivarat, uh, he has tried more than twelve, um, more than uh, twenty-two days for hunger strike, and uh, far also eighteen days, and also room eight days for her uh, hunger strike. So uh, I just uh, briefly about um, Thailand uh, protest. Uh, after uh, last year, the protester took the break during the December uh, to January, January uh, because of the uh, second wave of COVID-19. Uh, however, we still do a lot of uh, movement in social media, we still continue to raise our voice, opinion online uh, through the uh, social media. Uh, and after, I think this is a uh, come back to protest again because of uh, Myanmar coup. Uh, on the 1st February, uh, Thai and Myanmar protesters organized the event at the Myanmar embassy in Bangkok together. And then in the 10th February, this is a, a second protester that we organized together. Uh, and we got a lot of inspiration from the Myanmar people who facing the violence from the dictatorship. And we also do many activities support. Uh, until now, we uh, work together as the uh, multi-alliance 
uh, including Thai, Myanmar, uh, Hong Kong, and uh, uh, Philippines, and many, many young activists work together uh, for race our way to support the Myanmar people. Uh, for the Thai situation, I would like to show the number for uh, the people who shot because of the uh, protester. Between November and March 2020, 2021, uh, uh, more than 20, uh, 82 individuals were shot with less majesty laws in 74 cases. All, uh, only um, on March, we have a new 22 news perception were reported uh, with the less majesty law. And for the uh, political perception, uh, on March, there are more than 200 people shot because of a political position. And for the total, they have, they are more than 581 protesters in more than 300 cases shot because of the uh, stand for the political they go to the protest and rally. And the turning point for the Thailand again, uh, protesters become more widely and big because of uh, in um, seven, on, on seven on March 2011, Thai parliament vote down two constitution amendment bills after the constitution court ruled that amendment that passed a referendum first before we can uh, propose the new constitution. And after that, we saw that have a lot of the protest in the street. Uh, the big protest on uh, 20 March, they have a new group they call themselves is a redeem. Uh, more than 1,000 um, protesters at the Sanam Luang in front of the Grand Palace in Bangkok. Uh, and they have a lot of the police uh, protect the avenue was the heavily barricade with the container and they use the uh, tear gas, bubble bullet, and uh, more than uh, the protester, uh, more than 30, uh, 33 people, uh, including uh, 12 police officers were reported in jail. And, uh, more than 20, 32 people addressed by police. And the big thing is happened again uh, in the end of March. Uh, other group, they call themselves Taluk Fao uh, Village. 
they uh, set uh, they they stand uh, their protest near the uh, government house, and uh, the end of March, uh, more than ninety nine protesters were addressed uh, to the police, and including two of monks, including to children under the 18 years old. And uh, after that, uh, they sent to the sick court for uh, temporary detention order. And then they are, uh, and uh, all 92 were released to bail with uh, 20,000 baht each person. Totally, uh, the people um, donate the money more than two million baht for release uh, ninety two uh, protester, and uh, from uh, what is our uh, demand for the protest? Uh, the first, we want to detain our friends. The second, we would like to amend constitution. And uh, the third, we want to abolish the section 112 and reform the monarchy. And uh, the fourth, we need uh, Prime Minister Payut Chan Osha resignation. And uh, lastly, for the protest, in the last Sunday, they also have the new group, but it's not the new leader. Uh, the new group from the Jatupon. Jatupon is a chairman of uh, the United Front of Democracy Against Dictatorship, or may you might know uh, that they are the red shirt. But Jatupon called the people for all sides to fight together. They call the people to put down the conflict among red shirt and yellow shirt and all group and uh, fight for trouble Payut Jan Osha from the, uh, uh, the leader. Uh, and, and then we, we, we found that more than 500 people attend the uh, rally. Uh, but we still uh, found a gap between the Jatipon uh, uh, leader protest and the young activist protest because of uh, uh, in the uh, protest of the Jatipon, we, we found that they, the, the leader announced that uh, please do not show free, uh, three fingers. Uh, please do not mention about uh, reform the monarchy and they just raise only the one demand for uh, for Prayut uh, Chan Osha out. Uh, but for my opinion, I think uh, for the Jatupon protest might be uh, growing up because of uh, they have um, uh, the support from the uh, not only the uh, young activists, but they also support from red shirt and yellow shirt support. They also support some 
group from the um, uh, conservative side because they don't they they will not touch uh, to reform the monarchy and uh, they I think uh, they have a uh, money power support from some group and that's why I think they might uh, be growing up because of uh, they they can include uh, the people not only the red red shirt or the uh, young activists. Uh, yeah, this is uh, the situation from Thailand right now. Uh, for the next week, uh, for the young activists from uh, many groups such as the uh, Chulalongkorn University, uh, from Free Art, from um, uh, Mahidon, uh, against dictatorship, they will launch the uh, protester for 12th anniversary of uh, Bangkok crackdown or uh, the Bangkok during the uh, red shirt protest. And I think uh, for the next month, uh, April and uh, May, we will gathering the big protest. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. This week's show is about the international anti-military solidarity campaign with Myanmar and Thailand. Coming up next is Debbie Stoddard, a Malaysian activist currently based in Thailand, but who has dedicated most of her activist life to the struggle for freedom in Burma. Debbie is the founder of the alternative ASEAN on Burma, and she spoke at the international public meeting. It was really um, moving to hear that the labor movement, the activism in Thailand um, has been inspired by Burma, but the reality is that many, uh, if you look at the three finger salute that was used in uh, the civil disobedience movement and the general strikes in Burma, that actually was inspired um, by uh, activists in Thailand because it was the Thai activists who first started using that several years ago. Um, It's also important to understand the links between COVID and migrant labor and how some of those connections may have emerged. So um, we have to understand that uh, when COVID hit uh, the world and hit Thailand, a lot of migrant workers uh, left uh, um, they were they lost their jobs and they went back across the border to Burma and a lot of the migrant workers are actually young people who would have been exposed and been engaged also uh, been exposed to activism in Thailand. So when we see a lot of the young young people on the streets, especially workers, um, many of them were actually former migrant workers who had to come back to their countries because of COVID. So you can see that that, um, that connection um, between two movements is very, very strong. Um, it is not just a matter of geographical um, uh, proximity. It's also the understanding that Thailand uh, is uh, has been and um, has been um, subject to many military coups in its history. Now, when we talk about um, the human rights movement and the resistance to the military coup in Burma, Burma, Myanmar, 
we need to understand one thing. The coup is not complete. What we're seeing on the streets is basically a big push by very diverse people, including workers and labor union organizers to, uh, to overturn the coup, to prevent the coup from being completed. The military junta of Burma has now launched two offenses, parallel offenses. It's launched urban warfare on people in the towns and cities uh, protesting uh, the junta. And it's also launched airstrikes on ethnic areas along the in, the, in the border areas in Kachin state in the north and Karen state in the east. And it has already threatened to launch airstrikes on Shan state in the northeast. So this is very important to understand that the military has been already engaged in a low grade civil war on ethnic minorities for, for more than six decades. But now it's actually bringing the country to the verge of a nationwide civil war. And, the, uh, and now we see both conflicts, the resistance to military dictatorship and the resistance to a military that has been protected and enjoyed 180% um, um, increase in budget in the past 10 years. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, we, we're seeing these two struggles um, merging. And what is happening now is that the military has become even more um, brutal. In, in February, the, the coup happened on the 1st of February. Um, the coup happened on the 1st of February. In the month of February, only uh, there were about 50 people killed. We say only now, because in March, more than 500 people were killed. So the, it, within one month, 10 times the number of people were killed. And, uh, and we saw, we saw uh, women, but we also saw children being targeted. So this is, uh, and this is because the military junta has lost control of the country. They hoped that this coup that they held on February the 1st, using a Donald Trump excuse, um, would actually play out in the same way that the military coup in Thailand played out in 2014, that there were various statements of concern. It was a relatively bloodless coup. A few people died in detention. A few people died from security forces. But then the international community, particularly the corporate sector, went back to business as usual, a position. They were gambling on that, that that would happen in Burma, but it didn't. They did not count on the fact that the young people already recognized. The last time a coup like this happened in 1988 in Burma, it was swift, it was, it was bloody, it, um, the young, we lost a young generation, a generation of young people, and there was a military dictatorship for three decades after that. So young people, including especially workers, were not willing to give up the little reforms that they gained in the past 10 years. 
the civil disobedience movement is one of the leading forces in this uh, struggle, in this revolution. And the civil disobedience movement was initiated by health workers within, within days of the coup. And this is also why um, health workers have been targeted. Health workers have been on a strike. They refuse to work in the government um, hospitals anymore, but they've been out in the field um, providing first aid and um, medical assistance to protesters who are being targeted with lethal violence. Um, and what we've seen is that the military have started, snipers have been targeting medical workers, including nurses. They've been firing on ambulances. And now they've been actually going around arresting doctors um, who are thought to be um, leaders in the civil disobedience movement. It's um, quite amazing to note that on 26th of March, the civil disobedience movement was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for this year. And uh, it would have come full circle to um, uh, another uh, Burmese um, nominee who won the Nobel Peace Prize um, more than 20 years ago. Now, what we need to understand from the civil disobedience movement is the military was extremely shocked when they realized and when they witnessed the fact that civil servants, including servants to the rank of director general, went out on the streets of Naypyidaw to protest. Uh, Naypyidaw is a, a, a specially built and designed capital of the country, which was secretly built um, uh, more than 20, about 20 years ago. And, and, and workers, were the, civil servants were then just forced to move there. And so that the, the government, the central government will be removed from the general population. But um, it was a big shock to record, to realize that the junta did not have support even not just of ordinary civil servants, but also of very senior civil servants, including the Myanmar permanent rep to the UN, uh, who um, turned his back on the junta and joined the committee representing the national parliament, which is led, which is compri comprised of 76% of Democrat, of civilian elected uh, MPs who've been managed, who managed to um, form, they are forming an alliance with ethnic armed organizations, which is why the military is ramping up um, their offensive uh, across the country because they're trying to drive a wedge between the ethnic groups, including ethnic armed organizations and um, the uh, CRPH, the committee representing the national parliament that's been able to continue conducting its business in secret despite being, um, being charged with high treason for which they would be subjected to a death penalty if caught. Now, um, in the first month of the coup, the junta declared 16 labor organizations as outlawed. Um, we've now had more than 600 people in the first, first two months of the coup, uh, six, about 600 people have been ki killed by the military because of resistance. 
Um, we've had nearly 3,000 people arrested or subjected to arrest warrants, and many of them are trade unionists. Uh, of the people killed, we noticed that when we look at, sorry, to go back, when we, when we look at um, how uh, the military has cracked down, we saw that it is the industrial zones and the working class neighborhoods that were the worst targeted for violence. So if you were looking at what happened in Rangoon, Yangon, for example, the townships of North Okalapa, Langtaya, South Dagon, and Shwepita, all migrant, all, all factory areas, they've uh, they were subjected for, uh, for with the worst violence. And those areas became militarized zones. As a result, a hundred thousand workers who came from other parts of the country and migrated there to work have fled the area and have tried to go back, have tried to flee back to their original villages. But despite this, the, the sense of struggle is still very strong. In this movement, we've, uh, we've seen um, uh, several hundred workers of the central bank of Myanmar go on strike. The banking sector is almost collapsing because most of the bank workers are out of strike. Um, at one point, the, the, the flights couldn't be, uh, couldn't be done safely because the air traffic controllers went on strike. Um, the, uh, the even workers in military owned the defense factories, even the workers went on strike. In Naypyidaw, the capital, um, workers quarters, the civil service quarters are being surrounded by military trucks to prevent uh, civil servants from joining the protests and to ensure that they go to work. So now people are being forced back to work, but people, but a lot of the a lot of the the, the labor uh, activists, um, if they even if they are forced to go to work, are not working. They're turning up in the workplace, but they're not working. Others have simply gone into hiding. So that's the the the. I hope that gives you a, a, a picture of what's going on. People have been immensely great, brave. We saw we saw pictures of the Myanmar railway workers lying across the tracks to stop the trains from running. So we 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 saw um, a huge amount of of resistance and resistance that's not stopped, even though um, the military has gotten more violent. Thank you. That was Debbie Stoddard, founder of the Alternative ASEAN on Burma and before her, Wadao, an LGBTIQ activist and one of the leaders of the current youth uprising in Thailand. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.